Blueberry conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from metabolic disease. And on our podcast, Blueberry with Dr. Lori Martis, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle, medicine experts, and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with the knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm very excited to welcome a guest with an amazing healing story, uh, Mary Crawl. How are you today? I'm doing really good. Thank you. Excellent. And so I'm very excited just to kind of dig into your story. And so let's just get started. So Mary, if you could tell us a little bit about your background, and then also, you know, everything was great until what happened exactly? When did you start developing symptoms and things like that? Okay. Uh, well, I, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and my mother was, we have five kids in my family, and my mother was, I would say, a very marginal cook. She, it wasn't a great favorite thing of hers, and my dad was a pretty simple eater, so we ate a lot of meat, potatoes, and uh, canned green beans. But my mother did love to bake, so she was a great baker. We did, she had a lot of homemade bread and that kind of a thing. In about, oh, mid-60s, my mom was approaching 40 and got really interested in health. And I can remember her talking about reading Adele Davis and all these kind of things. And she um, did stuff like that. And then I got married and I started uh, raising my own family. We have four kids. And uh, I would say I probably just mimicked her in the way she fed her family. And I did about the same. And then I started approaching 40. <laughs> and... Um, about a month before I turned 40, I started experiencing some blood in my stool. So I was having some symptoms like that. I thought it was hemorrhoids. I didn't really think much about it. And a couple months later, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which really was a shock for me because I wasn't having any other symptoms than that. I had no you know, pain or anything like that. I was put on medication and told I would have this rest, the rest of my life. And I was in total denial of that. I thought there's no way. And so I started taking the medication and um, I would wake up every morning with these dull headaches. And I, it just wasn't, it didn't, it didn't work with me very well. At least I didn't feel like it did. And I finally just kind of, I got better. So I quit the medication. I thought, that's it. I'm all done. I'll never have this again. And, um, and then in the, that time frame between when I was diagnosed, um, about the next two years, we our family moved. We had a big move. I, my husband and I had grown up in Little Mitchell, South Dakota, all our lives, and I never thought I would ever leave. And uh, his job took him to Minneapolis, and that was for a little small town girl it was very scary. So I think I had a lot of anxiety about the thought of moving my four kids up to a city. And but we made the move, and then in. I was, I seemed to be fine. And then in 2001, it swung back at me and I started to have more symptoms again. And this time they were a little more severe. And I started to go to a gastroenterologist in the Minneapolis area. And I remember asking him, does food have anything to do with this? <laughs> and he said, no, doesn't have anything to do with it. Eat what you want. Mm -hmm. But having had a mother who was in that kind of uh, hobby of health food stuff, and it just, seemed like a wrong thing. I thought everything I eat goes through my body, goes through that area. How can this not have some effect in some way? And that kind of started me on a journey of um, research just on my own. Well, that's really, but I want to back up just a little bit. And can mm -hmm. you just tell us back in 2001, when things came back and you, you know, stress is a huge implicator of any autoimmune disease, right? So high stress can 
allow the body to flare. It's a very common experience. But could you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day life? So like, what were you dealing with exactly symptom-wise, emotionally, anything um, there that you'd like to share? I I would say that when I was first diagnosed, I did not notice much symptom wise. I, and then this, this move caused, like I said, some anxiety with that move. But again, my symptoms really, I wasn't really having any symptoms back then, but after we made our move, um, yeah, I think I started, when I started having more symptoms, I think it was the newness of this life in a city trying to, to figure out how my four kids who were all in different schools at that point, because they were all different ages and um, all of that must have had something to do with my anxiety and feeling nervous about uh, how I was feeling and what my health was doing. So what symptoms did you have once you moved to Minneapolis? Was there um, abdominal Things pain? progressively got worse as, it, as, as um, things started going along. So I would say I went from just having some blood in the stool to um, going lots of blood in the stool, having mm-hmm. um, diarrhea having a lot of urgency. I had, and then I had a lot of severe cramping, um, pain, a lot of pain with it. And yeah, those were the main symptoms, the diarrhea, blood in the stool and the cramping was uh, rough. So when you went to the GI doctor, what did they do for you in Minneapolis? What did they do specifically? Um, It was mainly medication. And uh, at that point I, I switched to a different gastroenterologist and, um, I can remember my first appointment going in and just breaking down in tears. I just thought for sure I had something, you know, I had cancer. I had something crazy going on and I was scared to death. And um, he calmed me and, but put me on again, medication. It was never anything that I could do on my own. It was mostly just medication. And I, again, that was hard for me. It did not resonate with who I was. I, I'm just not a medication person. I, I just thought there's got to be other things that I could do. Right. Absolutely. And that's, so what, and that's when, recall, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say about 2002 is when I started researching on my own, just really heavily. And, um, at that time I found the specific carbohydrate diet, which I started following cause it made sense to me. And, and now it doesn't at all, but at that point it, um, it helped me get off sugar and it helped me get off all the junk food and the processed food. And that's mm. the the biggest thing that I would contribute to that, doing that. Uh, and that's what I followed basically for the next 15 years or 19 years or whatever, never really getting well. Mm. So what medications were you on at that time? I started out with sulfasalazine. Then I went, went to Azacol. I had Lyalda. I had to get on prednisone a couple of times because things, things got so rough. Um, I never was hospitalized with my ulcerative colitis, but I, looking back, I probably should have been a couple of times, but mm-hmm. again, I kind of wanted to figure it out on my own. I'm kind of that way. So I, I, I didn't, I usually worked through them all just staying at home and taking care of myself. Okay. And how did that impact your daily life? This type of situation? Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it impacted it a lot. I, um, I can remember, you know, just things like vacations, like my husband and I were going to fly somewhere. We got tickets then I'd have a flare up. Oh, no way. Can I go? I'd had, we'd end up forfeiting the tickets and staying home. And I can remember Christmases all, all being home for Christmas and we were all going to play some games. And then I'd be in such a terrible flare up. I could, I just couldn't stay in the room. I'd have to go to bed. And so mm-hmm. it, it, and then the whole finding a bathroom, you know, you're anywhere you go, you're looking for a bathroom. And 
um, yeah, it was a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, just, just living with that day to day, uh, when it was going to hit, how long it was going to last, how painful would it get? Um, all of those kind of things were hard. So on a, let's say a monthly basis, how many days of those would be kind of dealing with symptoms and confined to home, would you say? Wow. Um, I would say I was having flare-ups about every three to four months. And sometimes it would take a full month to kind of get through one, um, wow. just start to finish when the first symptoms would come. And uh, it just seemed to take longer. And as, as, as I said, as I progressed in the colitis, as, as the years went by, it just seemed like, well, the diet did help. I, I, getting off some of that junk stuff helped mm -hmm. a lot. And I, my, sure. my flare-ups seemed to spread out a little further and they didn't seem to last as long as the years went by. So it did help a little bit. Um, but they were, they were kind of rough at times. And then that, that was on medications. That was on medication. Yeah. Okay. That was on medication. So this is fascinating. So, and there's no past family history of ulcerative colitis or inflammatory bowel disease. You know, not that I know of, as I've tried to look back, um, my, my dad, uh, he, they always said my dad had a nervous stomach. And I remember at that time, I, maybe my parents just didn't talk that openly about that in front of us kids, but um, I think he did have a lot of uh, probably GI issues, and I heard his mother kind of did, but there was it was all very vague, so I never really heard uh, a whole lot about that. But looking back, I think there was some mm. some history back there, something in the gastrointestinal. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> can you tell us um, in detail or what you can recall the type of foods that you were eating when you were still sick and flaring? Cause I'd like to use that as a contrast to what you did and we're getting, which we're getting into soon. Yeah. Well, before the diagnosis, like I said, I, I didn't hardly eat any fruits or vegetables and I uh, just ate a very um, typical diet, American diet. Then when I got sick, I, and I shifted to this other idea of a diet, I ate a lot of um, yogurt, <laughs> I mm -hmm. ate a lot of um, meats and I was, I became afraid of vegetables and fruit. I thought they were too fibrous for my gut. I, afraid, I was afraid it was going to rip my gut up. So I stayed away from a lot of that. So looking back now, I see I was eating a very high fat diet, um, but thinking I was getting, you know, helping myself, it was really kind of um, too bad. Now, when I look back on it, Okay. So you had diagnosis, a little bit of a break, big stress, moving, recurrence, medications, dealing with that for many years. And then bring us up to the point that you found a whole food plant-based diet. What happened? What was the cause? Where did it come from? Tell us. Okay. <laughs> well, in about 2015, um, I started wondering a little bit about what was going on with me a little bit deeper. I, I, I was waking up in the night, um, very angry. And I, I kept saying to my husband, why am I so angry? <laughs> I have no, I don't know why that, what I'm so angry about, but I felt angry. And, um, I really started diving into that a little bit. Our youngest son was struggling with some stuff at the time and he had gone into a camp and he'd come home with a study book. And I started looking at that and I started to apply some of the stuff he had looked into and just through, I went and started seeing a, um, a functional medicine chiropractor at the time. And he started working with me a little bit. And I, I realized I was really angry at being sick. And I was really angry at my body for not healing after all the years of switching my diet. 
So can you say that again? I'm sorry, there was a little bit of a, a but you said you were angry at being sick. Yes, I realized that I was wow. very angry at being sick and I was angry at myself, at my body for not mm. healing and not going through a healing process after I had changed all these dietary things. I was very angry about that. I, wow. And it took me a long time to figure that out, but it, it really struck me that yeah. that was what was going on. Then in 2017, um, I went in, it was June, and I went into my gastro for a routine checkup before a colonoscopy. And he listened to my heart and he told me I had a heart murmur. And I looked at him very strangely and he said, have you ever been told that before? And I said, no, I've never been told that in all the years I've been doctoring, no. And he just let it go. And, and my blood pressure had been a little high. I noticed it, I think, I think it was in the 130s or 140s. And I, I thought, cow. Oh. So I went home and I, I started thinking, you know, from what I remember from past appointments, my blood pressure has been a little elevated. So anyway, I went to my, functional medicine chiropractor. And I said, would you please run a full lipid panel? I want to know everything about my cholesterol, everything. So he did. And the results came back very bad. <laughs> I found out my total cholesterol was 329. I found out my LDL was 243. And um, he had done a lipoprotein little a, and that was 178. And he explained all of that to me. A little more genetic stuff. And I, I was shocked, but I, I, I thought, okay, and well, now what do I do? So I told, I called my son and my son is, a, is an ophthalmologist out in California and he has a nurse wife. So they're in the medical field. I told him them the results and they begged me to go see a cardiologist, but I didn't want to, because I thought, oh, my issue is ulcerative colitis. It's not my heart. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And they just said, well, if you won't see a cardiologist, would you please just go to your primary doctor and just explain, you know, give these results. So I did, I thought, oh, to appease them, I'll go do that. So I did. And my doctor looked at those results and was equally as shocked. And mm -hmm. she said to me, okay, well, let me ask you, um, have you had any tight chest or chest tightness before? Have you had any shortness of breath? And I said, well, yeah, I have. And she asked me to explain. And I said, well, I, I've been on bike rides with my husband and felt my chest tighten up at the end of the bike ride. And yeah. And I, um, I said, I've gone, I went to the fair one time and I climbed this big flight of stairs and I got halfway up and I just, I couldn't get my breath. And I thought, oh, I'm so out of shape. You know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get air, but I never did anything about it. I just, I was in total denial that that was happening. Um, so when I started telling my doctor these symptoms, she said to me, okay, we're going over and doing an EKG right now. So we did, and it came out pretty normal, but the reading said possible previous anterior infarct. Hmm. And that was shocking. And she sent me out the room with nitroglycerin and she told me to get an appointment with a cardiologist. Hmm. So that's what happened there. And so I did, I called and I got an appointment with a cardiologist, but it was not going to be for about six weeks away. Mm. So during that time, when I told my son again, he said, mom, I've been researching a plant-based diet. I've been doing it myself for about the last year. And he said, you know, I, re I Googled ulcerative colitis and plant-based diets. And I came up with this, maybe you've heard of them, high carb health, chemise mm -hmm. and Shakul. Yep, I'm ready and to beat them. Yes. 
<laughs> so um, he gave me that website, their YouTube channel. And he said, go get the book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease by Dr. Esselstyn. So I got that book and I start watching all these YouTube videos and things. And, I, and I'm just thinking a plant-based diet. Well, I've tried every other diet. Why not this? So, so I basically thought, okay, so August 6th, 2017, mm -hmm. I jumped in with both feet. I did not do it halfway. I did it full force because <laughs> that's the way I am. And I just started doing it. Mm. And then, <laughs> um, let's see, I did that. And oh, oh, I know that the interesting thing there was I'm waiting for the cardiology appointment. But just before, as I'm researching all this stuff, I'm noticing a flare up start to come on. I'm feeling the typical cramping and I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting another flare up and I was so discouraged. And, and then I thought, well, that's kind of when I said, well, what have I got to lose? I'm going to try this diet. So I started on this diet. I kid you not, four days later, it was only four days. I come down, I sit at my kitchen table and I go, oh, I don't feel any cramping. My cramping's mm. gone. And I thought, that's really weird. I never had a flare up. And I'd never had a flare up since. It was wow. the weirdest thing ever to not have that happen. And that was four days on a whole food plant-based diet. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. So anyway, I'm waiting for my cardiology appointment and my cardiologist wanted me to go get a coronary calcium score done and a stress test, which I did. And the stress test was fine. The calcium score was 182. So it was not that good. And, um, so then I finally get to see my cardiologist and he sees, but at that point I had been six and a half weeks plant-based mm. and I told him so. And I knew, I knew him from a, in a distant kind of, kind of way. And I knew he was vegetarian. So I thought he'd be really sympathetic to my, my thing. So I said to him, I've been plant-based for six and a half weeks. You know, maybe things have changed, but all he saw was my bad cholesterol numbers and my coronary calcium score not so good. And he just said, um, no, I, you need to get on a statin and you need to um, take a baby aspirin every day. And so he put me on an 80 milligram statin, which mm. when I went to get the prescription field, my farm pharmacist even said, are you sure this is right? That's pretty high. And I that I didn't know anything about statins. I said, well that's what he put me on. I don't know. Mm. So I went home and a friend of mine said, well, about four days later, I started the statin and it had been on the statin for four days. And at that point, my friend said, go get your lipid numbers done again, just to make sure where you're starting. So I'd been six and a half weeks plant, plant based. When I got those numbers back, they were staggering. But mm. again, I think part of it was the statin that I'd been on for four days because the number, my total cholesterol was 135. Mm -hmm. My LDL was 74. Mm -hmm. My non-HDL was 87. Everything had gone extremely low. Mm -hmm. And I just remember going unbelievable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Six and a half weeks plant-based. Mm -hmm. Not uncommon, right? So I've seen cholesterol, total cholesterol drop 120 points in 30 days. Um, <gasps> so four days on a stand, I would suspect you would have seen those numbers anyway. Um, when you're on a statin and a plant-based diet, sometimes it even drives it lower, even sometimes below 100. Um, but that is interesting. So that was almost five years ago now. What happened with, I know, so you had no more symptoms of ulcerative colitis. What about the chest discomfort, shortness of breath? Where did that end up? 
it's it's all gone away. One of the things I didn't mention was with my heart is for years, I, my heart skipped beats. And I saw mm. my dad go through this and we'd be sitting somewhere and my dad would reach up and put his hand on his on his throat and, and feel his heartbeats. And we'd say, dad, what's going on? And he'd say, well, my heart's skipping beats. Well, I started having the same thing. So I just thought, oh, it's just a genetic thing. And, but I mean, it would skip and thud so hard when it would kick back in that my chest would just hurt and hurt and hurt. And in hindsight, I, that was crazy not to have gone and had that checked, but I didn't. Again, I was so consumed with the ulcerative colitis that I just let the other stuff go. And, um, but after going plant-based, oh my goodness, yes, I don't tight, tight, get a tight chest when I exercise anymore or bike ride or walk. I don't have shortness of breath. That heart skipping, I, it, it skips a beat every once in a while, but nothing like it used to. And mm. I mean, it would be every other day type thing. Now it's like once every six months or something like that. It's crazy, but mm. I have no, none of those heart symptoms anymore. Wow. Now, are you on any medications at all right now? No. Wow. Excellent. So what did your, your cardiologist say, the primary care doctor, what did everyone say? The GI doctor, what did they all say um, with all of these amazing, miraculous, miraculous changes? This, this is to well, I, I never, I never uh, got back to my gastro. I, I became so consumed with trying to figure out what was going on with my heart and everything that I didn't get back into my gastro doctor, my cardiologist. Um, well, in fact, when I got those great cholesterol numbers, I ended up calling his office and talking to his nurse. And I said, Hey, I've had great numbers. Can I get off the statin and not do the statin and just try to keep doing it dietarily? And they were very hesitant, but they said, okay, you know, that's what you want to do. So I said, yep, that's what I want to do. And um, so as I've gone back to the cardiologist every year, um, yeah, my cholesterol numbers have eked up a little bit more. I think I do have a genetic component to my cholesterol and I'm probably in the low 200s um, now, but I remember watching something from Dr. Clapper and he was talking about other um, tests you can have run besides just your cholesterol on heart stuff. And he, had a, he talked about a CRP cardiac risk um, test. So mm -hmm. I had my doctor do that and they, the lowest risk for that is one or below. And mine came out of 0.2. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, all that I've done plant-based has really helped get my, my heart back in order. I mean, I probably still have the plaque in my heart, but I, um, mm -hmm. I've done them really well. Yeah. So the, just to explain the coronary calcium score is where it's calcified plaque. So this is decades of building up a plaque, hardened plaque that will not change, right? And sometimes when people go on a statin, they stabilize the plaque and you may see it bump a little, but it doesn't mean that the heart disease was already there. You're just basically stabilizing. So that, that definitely will have changed. The key is that we don't see interval changes over three to five years, right? So it might be worth you getting another one if it's been five years since your last one, just to see if there's a dramatic shift or things have stabilized. Um, but, but how's your blood pressure doing now? Yeah, that has been pretty normal, pretty down. I mean, it, sometimes I still run a little about 130. Um, so sometimes that is, but it's been below that. It, you know, blood mm -hmm. pressure to me is so variable. It just seems like, and, uh, but yeah, nothing like, I mean, there were times it was 165 over something. I can't um, remember. So, yes. so stress will have a big part emotions with your blood pressure too. So things to help with that dietarily, like you've already done, I'm sure with Dr. Esselstyn's is the ground, you know, sorry, the greens, all of his greens, the 
six times a day taking <laughs> some greens, but also some other things that are very helpful are hibiscus tea, a very strong concentration um, of hibiscus tea three times a day, and then also ground flaxseed. So a quarter cup or so. And so there's some really interesting, so you really want to up your potassium foods, things like that. So just some other things for people to be uh, mindful of. Do you ever check your blood pressure at home? I have a cuff. I haven't done it for a while, but I do have one here at home. <clears throat> so yes, good. And then how do you feel? Does, did anything else change in your life? Like your sleep, your exercise? I mean, it sounds like your exercise capacity will have increased with just your, your heart's working better. Um, anything else that you notice, like emotions, like all any, what else is going on? Oh gosh. I, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, sleep probably is better, but you know, I, I'm 63. So to me, sleep is kind of variable. Sometimes uh, having gone through menopause and all of that, sometimes my sleep is up and down, but um, in all honesty, I feel like my sleep, once I kind of figured out why I was so angry and waking up angry and some of that, I feel like my mind has calmed down so much more than it used to be. I feel like I'm not thinking I used to wake up in the night, feel mad I was waking up. And now it's kind of like, oh, I'm awake. Okay, I'll go back to sleep <laughs> mm -hmm. type thing. So I feel like I've kind of relaxed a lot more in, in all of that. And I love a plant-based diet eating. I've, I've um, my daughter is involved with it now and um, other family members. And so it's been a real, a real joy to see everybody kind of, kind of jump on board a little bit. Did your did your husband join you on your journey? Yeah, my husband, a wonderful man. He he really does. He he's probably not. He's probably eighty five percent plant based. He travels for a living, so he's gone gone a lot. And um, but he when he's here with me, he eats anything I make for him. So it doesn't. Aww. He does not expect me to make him a second meal of something that he likes. So yes, he does. He follows it with me, and um, yeah, great. And then what is your what was your daughter's? Uh, response to like, how did you get her involved? Because families, um, it's <laughs> well, a really interesting conversation with people with having families and social support, but you're in, and you're in South Dakota. This is not like, oh yeah, base friendly nation. <laughs> no, I'm noticing that from moving away from Minnesota, because in Minneapolis, things are a little more progressive with some of that. You've got restaurants that are plant-based and that kind of thing back here. Oh no, <laughs> you have to search pretty hard. Yeah. My daughter was very obstinate. She did not want to hear it. it. It just did not make any sense to her. She did not want to hear anything to do with it. Got to the point where I just didn't talk about it much with her anymore. And then the movie, the game changers came out. <laughs> nice. And, um, they decided they, she and her husband were willing to watch that. And they watched that. And she and her husband both just almost flipped within days. They just oh. thought, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Okay, we're going for it. And so they started right away then too, and have remained plant-based for the last two years. So that's fantastic. And your son, the ophthalmologist is still eating a plant-based diet? Yes. Yes, he is. Oh. I've got two other sons that are eh, marginal <laughs> on it, but still <laughs> open-minded about it, which is really wonderful. Hey, two out of four, you're, you're moving in the right direction. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. So I'm curious too, um, I have a, you know, people are always going to ask, especially because you live in a small town in South Dakota, which is a perfect place because one, if you can do it anywhere rural America, then I'm like, there's really no excuse guys. If you live in a large city, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us 
what are you eating on a day-to-day -day basis? Because people will definitely ask, and I've learned my lessons. So I don't want to get any snide comments, guys. So I'm asking the question. What do you eat on a day? <laughs> <laughs> I eat typically probably what a lot of plant-based eaters eat. You know, I'm I'm an oatmeal or a still cut oats in the morning with lots of fruit on top. And I do put some flax seed and chia seed and, and um, hemp seed on my oatmeal and um Oh, I, I must, I make soups and I, uh, salads and it's kind of the typical plant-based stuff. I think that most people that, that eat that way do. And I, I've just found that, um, I order from Vitacost when I can't find things in my area. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, it's okay. So, just go ahead so. and when I, when I can't find things in my area, um, I order them on Amazon or Vitacost or, or whatever. And um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota is a bigger city and I drive over there. It's about an about a hour away and I'll drive over there and they have a food co-op and places like that, that I can get things. And to me, I don't know, I've been doing this four and a half years. So to me, it's real easy. It just comes very naturally to me. And uh, other people may say, oh, well, we're going to go here, but I don't know if you can find anything to eat. And I say, I can find anything to eat. I, you know, it's give me the sides. I'll take a baked potato. I'll take, you know, some steamed broccoli or whatever. Um, so it just becomes easier in my head. It's not too difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd say the only restaurant that I would struggle with is IHOP. Honestly, I don't think there's anything on that menu that I would feel comfortable eating. So then I tell people you don't have to eat. <laughs> um, it's, it's okay. You before you eat afterwards, it, it's, it, it, or just tell people, listen, this is, you know, there's other places. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So how have you found you've navigated the social stuff? Like, is there any lessons or things you'd like to share some pearls of advice that you might share with the audience about dealing with people who are asking questions about the diet or um, anything like that? It's, it's really interesting. Some of the responses of people. Mm. Um, yeah. People are not really excited to hear about it sometimes. <laughs> um, but sometimes when I just tell them my story and what, and what it's done for me and why I'm doing it, I'm doing it for my health. I, I really need to do it for my health. It's important to me. And it was hard at the beginning because when people knew I had kind of shifted, I live in the small town I live in, we have lots of relatives. So the relatives are getting together a lot. And so it would, I always felt bad that they were always worried about what I was going to eat and all that kind of thing. And I, I, I really had to just say, look, you know, this, this is not hard for me. I can pick out, you know, what's what you've eaten or I'll eat before I come or I'll bring something that I can, that I can eat. Um, I didn't like the focus to be on me. I didn't want a lot of attention with it all. So I just kind of, um, and now it's become very simple because they all know that I just eat this way and it's kind of accepted and, and yeah, so it's, it's hard at first. It is, it's hard to be different than everybody else is, but boy, you got to hang in there because it makes a difference. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's just probably like a, a new lease on life without all the discomfort and the pain and the worry. You can travel now with your family and not be concerned about things, missing out on making memories on holidays and all those oh, fun times. Oh, yes. I, I used to tell people, you know, I didn't want to fly anywhere and they all thought I was afraid of flying. I have a husband who's a pilot, you know, and they, they thought I was afraid of flying. And I said, the truth was I wasn't afraid of flying. I was afraid of getting to a bathroom. I was afraid mm -hmm. that I needed to get to a bathroom on an airplane and, and I couldn't get in fast enough. And so I was terrified of that kind of thing. 
Oh yeah, I can remember that probably a year after having no symptoms going on an airplane and just feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm traveling again. <laughs> I'm not afraid I can do this, you know? So yeah. it is, it's a new lease. Wow. So what would your advice be to someone who's either considering uh, starting a whole food plant-based diet or is just not sure? Like what, what advice do you like to give to individuals? Hmm. Um, it, for me, it was all the research. It's like reading and watching YouTube videos, watching people that are doing it, finding out what they're doing, how they're doing it. Um, and then I tell people when people say, well, I just don't know what to cook. I don't know what, and I'll say, oh my goodness, in this day and age, it's everywhere. You go on Pinterest, you go, you just type the word plant-based or vegan and you'll get all kinds of things. Um, so I just think it's, it's a roadblock in people's heads more than it is anything else, because it's out there. You, you can find the information and you can find the recipes and you can find all that kind of thing. So I say, oh, just give it a try. You, you got to try it. And then sometimes, I mean, it's fun. I've done it a couple of times where I make a plant-based meal and invite some friends over and, and say, this is what it looks like. And they're always surprised. Oh my goodness, this tastes good. <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. We're actually, so we just started, um, Recently, I have a history where I've trained in Krav Maga, that's an Israeli self-defense. And so our instructor, who we just met, told him we were plant-based, my husband and I, and I, he was like, you know, give me the, the weird eye, like what? <laughs> and I was like, well, how about if I bring food? And he's very excited about what we're going to bring him on next week. So that's exactly a beautiful way to introduce this to someone is just give them the food, right? Yeah. And it, you don't have to be a fabulous cook or do anything gourmet. They're just surprised at how good these things can taste. Cause it's just, it's funny to me how people go plant-based diet. What do I, what do I cook? I'm like, there's like 20,000 edible plus plants. So what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember thinking at the beginning, if I don't have meat at my meal, how will I ever mm. feel full? I'm just not going to feel full. And I mm. remember the first time my husband and I ate beans and rice as a meal and both of us looked at each other and said, oh, I feel pretty good. I mean, I don't, I don't feel hungry or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's, it's such a, like I said, you, you're, you, it's a mind game. It's a thing you think, mm -hmm. but you haven't actually experienced and you mm -hmm. have to get past that because it's not true. Mm -hmm. So no, you're exactly right. I, I guess, you know, for me, I, we went plant-based uh, over 10 years ago now. <clears throat> and I guess it was fortunate for me that we, I grew up in a family without much means. And so we always had beans and potatoes like that. Honestly, was the majority of our food. We grew our vegetables. We had some fruit because it was expensive. And, um, but we had tons of vegetables, a lot of potatoes and a beans, beans, beans. And we had meat three, four times a week and with a lot of milk. Don't take that. <laughs> yeah. But the, what was interesting was beans it never dawned on me not to have beans as part of our family, even as we raised our kids and, and such. Um, and so that was honestly, I, I think people are, when they introduce beans, some of that causes the GI distress. So did you find, even though you went plant-based, did you have to ease into kind of the bean side of things, speaking of beans and rice? <clears throat> um, well, again, I didn't have much trouble with that. I, I remember, again, I think I, I said at the beginning that I was a little hesitant to eat fruits and vegetables because I hadn't mm. done a lot of that. But when I took the meat, eggs, and dairy out, um, I began to just not, I would eat, a, I'd eat a raw salad before and I'd have just distress in my gut. Mm. I, I just, and so I remember one of the first salads I ate and I thought, oh my goodness, I don't feel bad at all. 
Amazing. or the amount then I start eating fruit and just the change in the the um the bowels and and that kind of thing and the uh, it, it was amazing it was all really good so I did not go through a lot of gut distress with the beans and I'm I don't really know why but I just I didn't go through a lot yeah that's that's great yeah so one of the things that if you ever maybe you convert someone over there is just starting with lentils so I tell people the longer you have to soak a bean that's probably the one towards the end that you want to add but starting with lentils and then just moving in to different categories like your white beans like chickpeas and different things and then black beans navy beans at the end people tend to do better with that but it's very small amounts and then move forward from there but yeah it's just, it's just so fascinating but fruits and vegetables are a ton of water right so it makes sense that when you ate them before you had diarrhea you're adding more fluid in the form and a little bit of fiber to to that can make certainly make people very concerned when they have ulcerative colitis so this is great. Um, as far as any other family members or friends that you brought along the way besides your daughter? <laughs> yeah, I've got an old high, uh, high school girlfriend that we talked one time and she was not feeling very good. And I kind of told her and she's kind of jumped on board. And then I have a younger sister who um, a couple years ago was feeling really just did not feel well and was just kind of down in the dumps. And I said, you know, come on board, just try this for a little bit. See what it, see what it's like. You might, and she's, she had some weight to lose. And so she lost 25 pounds and she's been oh. able to maintain that. And she feels really good. And um, so that's been really, really neat. I, I'm one of these really fortunate persons. I did not have a weight issue, but I always tell the slogan that I've heard before. I think I was a skinny fat person. I had trouble on the inside, but it did not show on the outside. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, no, my sister and it's, it's been fun. It's been That's fun to see people great. that are around me kind of join and, and get on board. Well, this has been fabulous. And you guys, this was Mary's very first podcast interview. So she did a wonderful job. So you're all done. That's great. You did excellent. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a lot of passion and excitement and it's such a joy to hear people share their stories because you know your story will probably help someone else along their healing journey. So that's amazing. So thank you for taking the time to share with us today. Thank you. And thank you for being interested in people's stories like this. I, I, I am one of those who loves to listen to other people's stories and see that because it does make it more feel like more real life to me. And so mm -hmm. thank you. you. You're doing a great job. Uh, thank you. No, yeah, this is a Goodness, this will be, when did we start this? Um, my son's 18th birthday, six years ago. So it'll be when he turns 24, that's my baby. He'll be 24. But the, um, yeah, that was, it was honestly, you know, why I first started this podcast was because I really just wanted to understand why some people could stick to the change and others couldn't. And I couldn't mm -hmm. figure it out. And then as the more and more I speak to some people, I, you start getting clues um and changing some you know but there's going to be people who aren't just ready to hear the message but then there's others if you get a door cracked open it's time to keep it wide open and so that's that's the that's the ticket there and some yeah i wanted to heal really, really bad good. i did not want to be sick all my life i that's what pushed me boy i just yep. did not and i'm i'm one of those that would would be jump on board whole hog i'm on mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. i all I can think about is I'm going to be a grandparent someday and I don't want to be able to not be a grandparent. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, right. So you, you had a negative consequence. You were trying to avoid negative. And then when you did it, you had all this positive reinforcement. So it was very Absolutely. easy for you to stay when you're avoiding illness, feeling better, 
was like, oh, okay, here you go. So <laughs> perfect. That's scenario. pretty amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. But then, you know, I always tell people too, part of your journey was maybe going through this and then sharing your story. So, you know, we're, we're all open to storytelling. We love to hear people's stories. It emotionally triggers us. And I'm excited to hear the feedback from what people had to say about yours. So thank you, Mary, again, for joining us today. Thank you so much.